I, um, I heard a joke this morning. I feel it necessary to tell, so I'm going to tell it. I don't know why I feel it necessary. It has nothing to do with my message. I'm, I'm notorious for that, by the way, if you haven't learned yet. So there's this uh, young couple, and they take their children to church with them, and in their early years, you know, they send them back into the nursery or the, we'll call it puddle jumpers or whatever. And so this little, this little guy that was part of this family, he, um, he started getting a little older. And so the mom and dad said, you know what, we're going to bring him out into the, to the big church, you know, into the sanctuary and, and uh, let, him, let him be out there with us because we think he can handle it now, right? Well, listen, this is a funny joke. You know it's not going to be funny after the pastor says it's going to be a funny joke, okay? Understand that. And so the little boy is in there, and he's all fidgety. He reminds me of me, all right? That's how I, I was a church brat. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody have ever, you know what church brats are? Excellent, excellent, all right. Well, I am one of them, all right? And uh, so he was, you know, this little boy's fidgety. He's all over the place, and everybody around is trying to, you know, they're giving him candy, of course, because candy definitely helps a child to be less fidgety, right? So he starts giving him candy and all this stuff, and, 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 and it didn't help. And finally, the, the mom was like at her last wits, and she looks over. She whispers something to the little boy's ear, and the little boy straightens right up, sits there as good as gold the rest of the service. Everybody was completely amazed at how all of a sudden there was a life transformation in this little boy. So after the end of the service, one of these little old ladies goes up to the mom and says, well, what did you, what did you say to get him to calm down? And she goes, simple. I just said, if you don't stop, I'll make the pastor start all over again. That's awesome, isn't it? That's awesome. So if I see you fidgety, I'm going to start all over. I just broke a communion cup. I'm going to start all over again. All right, cool. Anyway, they're plastic. We're all good. So I saw this quote the other day, and I want to, I want to say it. And, and I thought it was fantastic. It says, it's the greatest addiction and most dangerous is this for your life, going with the flow. Think about that. That sums up a lot of stuff, doesn't it? That sums, I mean, how many times do we just say, well, we're just going with the flow in life, right? I'm just going with the direction that everyone else is going. I'm, I'm not going to let anything interrupt because it gets kind of weird, right? It gets weirded out and all this stuff. Remember, if you recall last week, I asked you guys to do something very important for me, and that was this. Make sure when you come into this series that we're talking about with regards to the Holy Spirit, do so with a blank page. What do I mean by that? I mean, forget about all the misconceptions and the thoughts that you might have with regard to the Holy Spirit, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit within your life. Because I think that we can get really weirded out sometimes and really miss out on a whole lot of what God has in store for us. Amen. The church here and what we're about to get into in Acts chapter 19 is going... This is near the end of the book, of course, of Acts. And Acts, we understand, is what? It's a historical record of what is considered as the early church. But Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 2 says this. While Apollos was, a, at, was at Corinth, Paul took, this has been our theme verse, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived, and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Okay, so what we're going to say there is there he found the church. There he found some Christians, some what? Christ followers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I, I want to stop right quick on that, that, that specific spot. And this, I didn't even have this down in my, in my notes for today. But something that's come over me is, I wonder if society would even know that the Holy Spirit ever existed. It's sad enough that many of us within the church, we refrain from it. We forget that the Godhead is part of, there's three parts of it. Am I correct? What? You have God the Father, God the Son, and you cannot eliminate this one. God the Holy Spirit. The reason for this series is because of this. 2,000 years later, there is still some confusion. There's many misperceptions when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Most understand what God the Father and God the Son, but many do not have an understanding, nor do they have a knowledge. And watch this, nor do they even care to have a knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we looked at the Spirit, the ghost. We looked at the general terms of it, how they're defined, the Ruach and the Numa. The Ruach being the Old Testament term, Numa being the New Testament term. We were able to receive from that and, and understanding well, what does it mean? It's a wind, it's a breath, it's a blast within our lives. Understanding that our life must have a wind in its sail. We cannot be powered without the Holy Spirit as a church. As a Christ follower, we need the Holy Spirit to speak life into us. Today we're going to look at different gifts that God has for us. Now I need you to understand something. I have this series all planned out. But I had two spots where I was really confused on the order of which they, I, was, I, I felt that I needed to speak on them on. All right? And, I, and, and I'm going to say this in, in a really, I think it's a really dumb story or a really, yeah, I, <laughs> I got to be really careful here because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Okay? But I was very confused as to and which message this one was supposed to be today. I, I didn't know which route to go. I was back and forth. I'll be honest with you. I've been prepping two separate sermons this week. As you can imagine, my mind is bouncing from this one to 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 this one, okay? And, and so I, I finally, you know what? I finally did. I, let me take it to God. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about? I preached that to you guys, and I had to learn a valuable lesson, okay? Uh, let me just take it to God, all right? So I'm sitting there the other day, and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I need, you some, I, I need some direction here. I, I know that you want me to do this, and this is what you want me to say, but I am messed up on the order of which I'm supposed to say it, all right? And, and I believe that God is a God of order, but also we, we understand that God also does things unpredictable sometimes, does he not, right? And, and, and there's, you'll understand a little bit later on, um, probably next, not next week because it's Mother's Day, but the following week, why I was getting a little confused as to what I was supposed to speak on. But this thought came through my mind the other day, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure why it did while I was praying, but all of a sudden, I could envision a tree in my mind. I want you to understand something. Sometimes we become very narrow-minded. We really do. This was a life lesson for me in this moment. And I'm sharing it with you because I think it, it's got value to it. And, 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 and in my mind, as I was praying, there was this tree. And I don't know why, I was, it, would just, it just came to my head. And, and all of a sudden, I could just feel like, wow, God, God, you're showing me something here. Don't stop. 
keep, keep going, keep going. You know, you ever got that feeling when God's moving and you're like, don't stop. Don't just keep on going, you know. And that was one of those moments. And I was like, God, you know, I'm confused on what I need to do. And you're showing me a tree. What does that have to do with any of this? And the thought came across my mind of this. And, and I believe this was God speaking to me. That tree has multiple purposes for, for it. A tree is designed, it was there for vegetation. A tree is there, it, it produces fruit, it produces food for us in some aspects of it. It produces shade, it brings us coolness, it produces furniture, it brings us shelter. There's so much that that one thing can do that is so basic and is so overlooked in so many ways. And that's how the church treats my Holy Spirit. It has so many different avenues and how it can move in your life. But we become so narrow-minded that we can only see it in one fashion. That we forget how powerful it really is. And how it really can get involved in our lives if we would just allow it. We're going to look at a couple different gifts this morning. The first one is this. It's in your notes. I hope you guys use these, by the way. I'm not wasting my time putting them together, am I? I don't care if I am here or not. I'm still going to get them. Number one, eternal life. This is a gift that God has that stands on its own. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this, For the wages of sin is what? Death. Stop right there for a second. In other words, if you don't receive this gift, there is a wage that is attached to every one of your sins. That wage, that penalty, that payment is that we have to die for it. Jesus, however, gets involved. He doesn't want you to die for your sin, but instead we understand what does he do? He takes our place. But it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is the best gift. It stands on its own. It's a gift that is what? Free. It's a gift that can't be earned because it's a gift that's been given to you. God wants you and I to give, he wants to give you this gift without you having to feel as if you have to earn it. Watch, you can't go to church enough. You can't give enough. You can't serve enough. You you can't, watch, you can't even read your Bible enough. You can't even pray enough. There's nothing you can do to earn this gift. This gift is free to all of mankind. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by the grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. In other words, what? You cannot earn it. You can't do things to keep this. I love that. Because if it was about me earning it, I'm failing daily. If it was up to me to earn salvation, we would all have a future of hell in our life. Let me finish. But what is it? It is the gift of God. It is a gift that's been given to us. The second gift that we're going to take a look at right fast is this, the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5 says this, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want you to know. We are considered a charismatic church. When people hear that word, they get tense. They get nervous. Pastor Thorne would say what? Nervous in the service. Can't believe I quoted him. I'll have to call him later. That wasn't even here. But we're considered as to be a charismatic church. Now, understand this. The word charismatic comes from a Greek word, and it's the core of it, called kairos, which is defined as this. We are a spiritual gift. That is truly what this means. We are a spiritual gift. We are a church that is a spiritual gift. So that lines us into our third one is this. We have a spiritual gift. God has some spiritual gifts for you. Or another translation of that is kairos, meaning this, a divine enablement. Many people are confused over these gifts through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now about spiritual things. In other words, God's saying, I don't want you to be in the dark. In other words, I, I, I got things that I need to bring into your life. There's things that I want for you. I want to bring life into you. I want to bring light into your world, into the dark world that you live in. I want to bring salt into your world. I want there to be flavor. We all love flavor. All right. I'm passionate. You're not. All right, here we go. Some people believe that spiritual gifts were in the Bible, but when the last apostle or disciple died, that those gifts died and the miracles, wonders died also. Let me say this. If God has done anything as a miracle or wonder, Since then, then that's completely false doctrine. All right. Jesus hasn't closed shop. Amen? Amen. He still does work in people's lives. Amen. How do I know? Because almost every Sunday, somebody gets saved in this church. How awesome is that? He still moves in our lives, and he still wants to give each one of us spiritual gifts. Many, though, are turned off by all of this because of the packaging that has become associated with the spiritual gifts. I'm going to be very deliberate on this. I'm using my notes a lot because I don't want to miss anything. But to be very deliberate here, most really only have problem with one spiritual gift, and that is tongues. I love to have the gifts of faith. I love to have the gifts of serving and of mercy. Understand this. In the New Testament, there's approximately 27 different gifts listed. But for some reason, this one is the one where people have been taught to avoid. Listen clearly to what I'm going to say here. You never need to avoid anything that God is freely giving you. Anything that God has for you should not be treated as repulsive experience. If God has a gift, there's a reason for it, and we should go after it. Now, understand this. At the same time, our focus should not be solely on one gift. Because all the gifts that God has for us are what? Good. And that God wants us to what? Have them in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That means every one of us. 
A spiritual gift is freely for us in our lives. So we can, in other words, us in the church, we can help each other. Each gift has an assignment attached to it. I personally believe that the enemy will do all that he can to make sure that he ruins that experience for your life. He's been doing this since what? The beginning of time. In the Old Testament, the gift of God was only to a few people. They were called priests. When the New Testament came along, we have the day of Pentecost. Something strange happened. There were no longer special clergy or priests, but the power of God hit what? Everyone. Everyone who wanted it. I want more of God every day of my life. I don't want to become stagnant within my relationship with Jesus. And I definitely don't want to become avoidable when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe they are alive today within the church. I believe they are freely given by God the Father through the Son with who? The Holy Spirit. I believe that those things did not end in the biblical time. I believe they still carry value for the church today. In fact, we need it. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You go through struggles. You go through difficulties. You go through moments of loss. You go through heartache. Do you think in one moment you get through that on your own? The Bible, God himself calls the Holy Spirit what? Our counselor and our comforter. Who do you think brings ease to your spirit? Who do you think speaks life and gives direction to you? It's not social media. It's not your best friend that you're calling. But it's God speaking to you through his spirit. It's shocking to me how many people within the church go, you know what, I'm fine with God the Father and I'm fine with God the Son, but pastor, let's, let's study that a little bit more before we get in any more in depth. Really? As soon as the early church was done, the church started hiring special people. Terms that were not even in the Bible, like clergy, <laughs> pastors, right? That is who? That is someone who reads. And that the, that's what the definition of clergy means. And, it, and, 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 and the regular people they call laymen were just to sit there and do nothing. The 1500s, which was the Protestant Reformation, took place. It took place in Europe. And because of one discovery of a biblical truth, that we're going to talk about today, and they called it this, the priesthood of all believers. They had realized that the gifts didn't have to happen only to ministers or to clergies or to reverends, but that the power and the presence and the gifts of God can be on every single one of us. That's how we need to treat these gifts. We need to understand that the gifts that God has for us through his spirit are meant for every single one of us, not just a select few. But they are freely given to those who what? Are seeking it and going after it and wanting it and have a hunger and a thirst 
and a desire for it within their lives. These gifts are within reach of every single one of us. And watch this, here we go. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability. In other words, you know that God is working with you. So it's a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that, watch this, together it works best, understand this, if we all do it, right? It works best when we're there and supporting each other. My gifts work best when it's in connection with someone else so that we can do this. We can advance his purposes in the world. Now that's, here, <clears throat> here's what this really communicates to me is this. The gifts that God gives us are not for the showmanship of man. The gifts that God pours out is not for me to look like I'm more holier than you. In fact, if you're looking for the gifts so that you can feel separated from everyone else and onto a different pedestal, we need to rethink some things in your life. You need to know this, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for God for, so that he can what? Be exalted. So that he can be what? Worshipped. Not so you can be worshipped. It is not for you to gain attention over. It is for you to give God the glory and the praise and the honor that he desires, deserves, and wants. God has something that he needs all of us to do. We all have an assignment. And he speaks that through us through his Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? First thing is this, we need to discover the gifts that God has for me. Chances are it may not be the obvious to you. Watch this, spiritual gifts are not always the natural gifts. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. I remember when I was hired here uh, 10 and a half years ago now, I think somewhere around there. It's a long time. My word. I remember back in the day, um, growing up, it was really common for pastors every three to four years to move on to a different church. <clears throat> I need this stuff right here. To move on to a different church. And um, as a kid, that used to annoy me. Because growing up as a pastor's child, I'd, I'd have to like, create a new group of friends. You know what I'm talking about? And I had um, somebody one time when I was in uh, college, they asked me, what do you think the success of a pastor is? And I said, longevity. If a minister can stay in a church 15 years or longer, they're doing something powerful in that community. All right. And uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But I, I was hired here, and um, I think there was a little bit of confusion, to be honest with you. Because I remember coming here, and like my first Sunday, I had like all these people coming up to me. Hey, it's great to have you here. What are you going to do in our children's department? I'm a youth pastor. Teenagers is what I was hired for. Not little kids. Have you heard my stories? Of my sons, okay? And, and, and I kept thinking, I, I, I would go to pastor. I'd be like, pastor? I think everybody thinks I'm supposed to deal with children, but my recollection here is I was only brought in to do youth. He's like, well, yeah, that's what you, well, you need to tell them. <laughs> we all know how that goes, didn't we? 
And so finally, you know, I, I, I took, I said, you know what? All right, cool. So I did what any good person does. You start delegating. You find people like Eric and Micah here and you throw them back in the kids programs. And, you know, Stacy Silverman and, you know, we have Carol Smith here who are doing a bang up job. And listen, you want to know who the true heroes of the church are is these people. All right. Glenda, big nursery. Judy, you used to, you're, a, like a, you're like in the Hall of Fame of nursery workers. You know what I mean? Those are some, if I miss somebody, forgive me. So, oh, man, I sh- never call out names as a pastor. Never call out names. But look, we all have different gifts. Romans 12, 6, we have different gifts according to the grace that's given to us. I'm thankful for the gifts that are represented within our church. Who would have thought people had a gift to serve coffee? Who would have thought it would make such an impact either? You know? Who, who would have thought that people have a gift to Mr. Jim Khalil and Donnie Hasty who go out here and, and, and what do they do? They, they take their natural gift, which I believe that God uses our natural gifts to use them spiritually, and they keep our grounds looking fabulous. I'm thankful for these people. You know, I, I, I look at like, you know, our musicians, and I'm not going to name names because I will forget somebody on that one, all right? But they're so... there's lawyers and entrepreneurs and medical workers and and then you got Brad, okay? And you have all that stuff. And they have natural abilities, but yet God is using their natural abilities to do great things within the church. It blows my mind when you look at it all, how God takes ordinary, simple things and brings it all together to work for his church. And to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we all have different gifts. And I'm thankful for them. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. Look, I'm going to speed this up. Hang in there. For you created my inmost being. In other words, this. You have desires that are inside of you that have been placed there by God. There's love that you have. Why? Because God has placed love. (laughs) Last, I had a note here. You cry about things because God allows you to be emotional about different things. Last night we went, we went to go see uh, that movie, I Can Only Imagine. Fabulous movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And, um, of course, I'm, I'm, I, say, I pick things apart. I'm like, I got questions here. I don't, I got, you know, how did that happen, you know. So anyway, uh, my, before we get into the movie, my wife, she's like stuffing, you know, tissues and, Stuff. She's like, I'm going to be crying the whole time. I'm like, how do you know you're not even seeing the movie? You're not even seeing, how are you going to be so emotional? You're already, you're setting yourself up to be a cry fest, you know? And sure enough, five minutes into the movie, I'm looking, tears are just flowing. And I, I said, you got to be kidding me. You know, it works her nerves and it makes me feel good. You know what I mean? But we have these things. Why? Because God places this stuff inside of us and in our lives. there is nothing that you, that God hasn't placed within your life that he didn't intend for you to use it for his glory. That's huge. Don't ask me to repeat that. But I'm serious. The things that God has placed within you, the giftings, the abilities, some of you are great leaders. You lead businesses and you lead families and you do these great things. God wants you to get involved within your church and lead. You ever notice every sermon series has something to do with this leading stuff? 
People with gifts of help, watch this. I've, I've noticed this. You see something laying on the floor, they go, they pick it up and actually throw it away without being asked. And watch this, without complaining about it. I love that. But it goes on to say, uh, Psalms 139, 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not garbage. You're not a cast out. You're not a reject. You've not been kicked to the curb in God's eyes. I know that full well. All the days adorned for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God design and design, God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. Number two, develops the gifts God has given me. Gifts change and they mature as you change and mature. I, I, I've got a, I hope I don't get in trouble by saying this. And some of you are like, I absolutely disagree with that. That's cool. We can, we can agree to disagree, okay? It's, it has nothing to do spiritually, first of all. Understand that. But uh, I have the privilege of, of speaking with two awesome, fantastic couples and um, helping them uh, as they're getting prepared to, 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 to be married. And I've, this has come up a couple times within all of our sessions. And, and I think one of the first things I, I ask them, how old are you guys? I want to know how old you are. You know, I want to know what your age is. How old are you? And there's a reason for that. Because people over time mature and they become different as they mature. And watch this. Sometimes when people get married too young, they begin to mature apart. And it becomes a real problem within a marriage. So I have a golden rule for me. You don't get married till you're 25. All the parents can say amen to that, right? No spiritual theology for that whatsoever. No backing whatsoever, all right? I love this in 1 Corinthians 14. One says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Look at a gift and pray, oh God, if you would give that gift to me, because I would love to serve you in that gifting or that area. What is something that you desire? What is a desire that God has placed inside of you to do? A helps desire, a servant heart, a leading capacity, musically. I don't know what it is, but God, help me mature this gift in me so that I can serve you better. For some of you, you, you feel doormat and, and, and you, you, you feel out of the game right now, spiritually. Don't give up on the dream that is within inside of you, the passion that is on the inside of you. I love this, that no matter what you have done or how far you have drifted from God, he can still get you back into the purpose for his, for his purpose for your life. I, I said this a couple series ago, and we all live a book in our lives. But we add chapters. Chapters sometimes that don't belong. But you know what? God always has what? The last chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. I, I, what does this really have to do with this sermon series on the Holy Spirit? Because that's a gift that God has given all of us. 
I truly believe this, that we all receive the Holy Spirit when we take on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because you can't take one and not take all three. It's impossible. Wherever the Father is, there's the Son and there's the Holy Spirit. There's no separating them. They're always as one within your life. And I believe that this is a gift that is given to us by God and it's ordained for us to use it within our life. So my prayer becomes this, God, flame inside of me that gift. That one, it begins to burn all the impurities with inside of me, my thoughts, my actions, my language, what I allow myself to get into through environments and different things. Lord, I, may they be pure. I love, you know, when Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, said that the coal touched his lips. The reason for that was to bring purity back to that tongue, to that language. God, I need you. I need you to burn that Holy Spirit within my life to bring purity back inside of it. Lord, no longer do I look at you as just God the Father and God the Son and then move on. But Lord, my attitude now will be, Lord, I will look at you as God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm going to give you full permission to move how you want to within my life. Thirdly, thirdly, and I'm going to close on this one here. Use the gifts God has given me. Use the gift. Now, if you don't know who Jesus is, and, and, and that is the, the most important thing for us in our lives. If you don't know Jesus, then your purpose is to find out who he is. But if you know Jesus, we can summarize your entire life down to one assignment, and that is this. Use the gifts that God has given you. I'm going to ask you this. If you were to die today, would anyone step up and say that they became a follower of Jesus because of the life you lived? I'm going to ask that question one more time because some of you, I've, you're spaced out. Let me reel you in here for a second. If you were to die today, would anyone step up and say that they became a follower of Jesus because of the life you lived? This should be our, our goal, to win souls to the kingdom, to allow what the Holy Spirit to stir up these gifts within us. 1 Peter chapter 4 and 10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety. I love that variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow, what? Through you. Understand something, I'm inferior. I stand up here and, and, and I, I get the awesome privilege to present to you the gospel, the word of God, weekly. And, and know this, I don't take it for granted. I, I look at this opportunity and, and, and I think to myself a lot of times, trust me on this. I can, I can, right now, I can show you how excited I am and all this stuff, but inside, sometimes on a Monday, I'm going, Lord, I am unworthy of this. God, I have disappointed you. I have failed in how maybe you wanted that message sent forth, and I get inferior. I go, Lord, I am unworthy of this. 
I can't do it. I, I, I don't know why you've chosen me. Look at the, the, you know, the struggles that I lived through. Look at the things that I've done. How, God, can you use me? How, how can you use me to do something? How can God use some of you? You battle this every day, some of you. You battle how you can not just be used, but even being a follower of Christ. It becomes a battle within your mind. I don't deserve this life. I don't deserve these responsibilities. I don't deserve this family. I don't deserve this job. I don't deserve the community I live in. I I don't deserve, and, and so what happens is we become so downtrodden that we allow the gift of the Holy Spirit to not get involved. And we find ourselves slipping into a state of depression. We find ourselves slipping into a state of, I'm struggling spiritually. I'm going through a spiritual drought. I'm, gosh, I just keep messing up. Know this, the Bible is full of people who are misfits. The Bible is full of drunks. The Bible is full of adulterers. The Bible is full of liars. The Bible is full of thieves. Murderers. And God still used them. So that what? We could be changed in our life. You know, I think to myself, wow, if God can do that, and he can use these people who are also inferior, how much more can God use me to to win souls to the kingdom? How much more can God use you to win souls to the kingdom? God's not done. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to hear this. When those last apostles or disciples died, the spiritual gifts did not end, but they continue. And they continue in people like you and I, who are willing to say, Lord, use me. Use me, God. Speak through me, Father. Because why? Watch this. I was made for this. I was fearfully and wonderfully made for this. These gifts were designed for me. The Holy Spirit was meant for me. You know, it's my job to take you on a spiritual journey. That journey includes learning. We're getting into the word. We're understanding the knowledge of it. We're gaining knowledge from it, wisdom from it. And when we do that, what you become passionate. You get from the you, you you go from emotion to passion. Passion means it doesn't matter what blows my way. I'm not, it's not gonna ruin. It's not gonna mess me up. I'm gonna continue to press on. I'm gonna go further, I'm gonna get stronger and nothing can destroy that. And when we do that, it brings us to a spot of excellence where we do everything within our power to live excellence within our lives with Jesus Christ. I was made for this. You were made for this. You were made for the Holy Spirit to run in your life, to live in your life. It's not something that died out. 
It's something that's real and it's meant for your life today. So every about every eye close, I wanna ask you this question as I do each time. The first gift any of us have ever received is this, eternal life. There's no other way than the name of Jesus. And you might be standing here today. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your past has involved, but I know this, God can forgive you right now. That before you can ever truly understand who this Holy Spirit is, you first must come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I can't go any further without asking this one simple question. With every about every eye closed, it is this. If you wanna receive Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior today, all I want you to do is slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that one and I see that one. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I see them. I see that one. Wow. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do as a church. I want you to pray this prayer boldly with me. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord, my master, and my savior. Come into my life, come into my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, of my, of my sin. Today, Lord, I become a new being, a new person, and a new creation in you. Lord, I love you. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Now, I always follow up with something else. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Hold on. Y'all are getting too excited on me now. Y'all are getting too excited. We're not there yet. We're almost there. All right. But. This is very important to me. Look, we haven't scratched even the surface of what we're about to get into in the last two messages with regard to this. All these first two are setups. I'm gonna drop some bombs on you as you get into it, okay? I understand that. But if you can sit there today and you can, you're standing there and you can say, Pastor, you know what? I'm not even gonna ask for an outward expression from you this morning. Nope, not gonna do it. Not gonna do that. Because you know what your thoughts have been with regard to the Holy Spirit. I don't want no one looking around going, well, look, that's what pastor's talking about right there. Look at that, look at that, look at that. They think we're weird. All right, no, I'm not doing that. But I want you to think in your mind, are you willing to allow this Holy Spirit to do something in your life? Are you willing to retrain your thoughts and not saying that it's weird and there's misconceptions or perceptions or you know, false doctrine or any of this stuff. We're gonna wipe it clean. Remember, a blank canvas when it comes to it. We're not even, we, we've not even added anything to the canvas yet. And this is week two. A blank canvas. Lord, tell me what you mean when it comes to your Holy Spirit. 
What is the purpose of it in my life? How are you going to speak through me? If that is you, well, I don't want you to do anything. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I love you. And you see the heart and the mind and the soul of every person here. And you know, Lord, the feelings that people have had when it comes in relation to the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to push anything on anyone. All I do, Lord, is communicate what you give me through your scriptures, through your word. I pray today, Lord, that there's a few people, that's all, that are willing to say today, you know what, no, Lord, I want everybody in this room to say today that God, I'm willing to be open to this Holy Spirit. I'm willing to be open to these gifts that have been spoken about today. I'm willing to to dig into that book of Acts and your word and to learn more about it, to get into Romans, to get into Corinthians as we can look more into these things and what the meaning of your Holy Spirit is and the gifts of them. But God, we're willing to stand here today and say, Lord, we we are willing for you to do whatever it is you want. You're a blank canvas, God. Speak into my life with your Holy Spirit. I don't want to be, I don't want us, Lord, to to look to man for the interpretation. I want us, Lord, to look to you for the interpretation. So, Lord, that's all I have to say today. So, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Father, as we give our giftings, tithings, and offerings unto you, may they be done, Lord, to grow your kingdom and to extend, Lord, salvation to the lost. We love you in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen.